0: We hope today's message will encourage you and strengthen you with God's Word. We are certainly living in a world that is constantly changing, but God's Word will always be true. The Bible tells us that God is unchanging and will always be all-knowing, all-powerful, the creator and sustainer of life. God's Word is truth and life, and we are thankful for the opportunity to share His Word with you each week. This sermon was recorded at Rolling Fork Baptist Church in Nelson County. You can find out more information by visiting rollingforkbc.com or find us on Facebook, listed as Rolling Fork Baptist Church of Boston, Kentucky. And now, let's listen in to this week's message. Once again, I'd like you to join me in John chapter 14. And in this particular passage of Scripture, we're looking at a a continuation of the discussion that Jesus was having last week. Last week is when Jesus told His disciples that, uh, uh, "...not your hearts be troubled, but believe in God, believe also in me." Then later He says, "...I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me." And, And so now we see how Philip responds and This is probably one of the only uh, or the very few conversations that we see Philip taking part in as far as his name being mentioned. But in verse 7, Jesus says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you do know Him and have seen Him. Philip said to Him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Number one on your sheet this morning, I want you to write down that if you know Jesus, then you know God. If you know Jesus, then you know God. Jesus said over and over, for example, in John chapter 8, verse 58, He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And then in John 10, 30, He said that I and the Father are one. In John 10, 38, He said that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father... In John chapter 12, he says, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. And so when you look at the the, the statement that Philip makes, by itself it wouldn't look so obvious or so odd. But because it's right after what Jesus just said, it's kind of out of place there. He says, show us the Father. But yet Jesus has said over and over and over again, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Because I and the Father are one. And look at this question in verse 9. And I want you to think about this for a moment in your life as well. Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me? If you're a Christian and you say that you love Jesus and you worship Jesus, I want to know, do you really know Him? And I mean know Him as far as what the Bible says about who He really is, not who we've made Him up to be. I can't tell you how many people have told me, well, the Jesus that I worship would never do that. Well, what Bible are you reading? Because He clearly shows us here who He is. He shows us this side and this side. He shows us the love and the justice. He shows us the, the mercy, and He also shows the holiness. Amen. And, and how can you not say that my God or my Jesus would not do that? He says, how can you not know me after being with me all this time? You know, we look at the Bible characters sometimes and we're like, why didn't they see this? But let's be honest. How many of us have missed some really obvious things about God because we see Him from our perspective and our uh, goals instead of seeing Him as He really is? Instead of seeing Him like He truly is, shown us in, in the Bible. We we love to hear about His love, His forgiveness, His patience. But don't forget about the justice and the holiness and the wrath of God and the judgment. In verse 10, another question that we must answer. Jesus asked, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Sometimes we try to separate God and Jesus. Truth it is the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And yes it's it's three different personalities or identities, but still it's the three in one. It's the unity of the Trinity and you can't have one without the other one. So number two, when we think about what he says here, he says if you know Jesus, you will do what Jesus does. And notice I put does and not did, and I'll show you why in a few moments. In verse 10 he says, the works that I say, or the words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will be also doing the works that I do, greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father." If you know Jesus, if you are plugged into Jesus, if you are abiding in Him and He's abiding in you, you will be doing what He does. And I put does because it is still going on. He is still working. It's not like Jesus did His ministry and now He is totally done not doing anything. Right now He's in heaven praying for you and praying for me. He's praying for all of His church. He's praying on our behalf and we should be very thankful because we need His prayer. We need His support. And He says that you will be doing not only the works that I'm doing, but even greater works. Now, not greater as far as, wow, you did something better than Jesus ever thought about doing. It's not better than, it's more than. Think about it. Jesus was limited in a way as far as being in the physical body. But now through the church, He is working through all of us. Years ago, there was a song that said, if we are the the body, then why aren't his hands serving and his feet moving and so forth? We need to recognize that we are the body of Christ, and we are to be doing the work that God has called us to do. And we can't do that if we are afraid to get out and be seen by somebody. We've got to be present. We've got to be involved in our community and so forth. And so I ask you this morning, do you really believe that He is who He says He is? In verse 13 and 14, He basically says the same thing twice. Look at this. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Number three on your sheet, if you know Jesus, He will answer your prayers. Now, let me clarify that. And by the way, we're going to come to verse 15 later. But in these two verses, he says it twice. Whatever you ask in my name. Well, what does that mean to ask in his name? What that means is is to pray in the way that Jesus would pray. Jesus didn't pray selfish prayers. Jesus didn't pray prayers that were of wrong motives. Jesus prayed everything for what reason? To glorify God. And our prayers should be doing the same thing. We should be praying in such a way that everything that we ask, it would be what Jesus would be praying for also. And if we are praying that way, Jesus says, I will do it. When we pray in His name, it's not a magic word to just stick in there. You know, okay, so I'm praying, and as long as I say, in the name of Jesus, it's going to happen. That's not what's going on at all. And something else, too. Some of these people who say, in the name of Jesus, and they want something to happen, they're still doing it in a way to bring glory upon themselves. And that's not how God works, either. Everything that we say and do should be glorifying Him. We are the vessel. He is the gospel. And he says it twice, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you... Look at the wording here. He didn't say, I will give you a helper. He said, I will give you another helper. Why did he say another? Because he himself has been and is a great helper. And he says, I'm about to leave, so here's what I'm going to do. He says, he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Now, before I go to verse 17, notice the phrase, the beginning of verse 16, I will ask the Father. What's he doing? He's praying. I will ask the Father, and He will do this. Why? Because He was praying the right kind of prayer. He's showing us the example. It wasn't self-glorifying. He was praying for the good of the church. I will pray that He will send you another helper. Verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth... Remember last week we did the triangle, Jesus on the top, the truth on one side, the Word, and every one of those were corresponding to each other. Well, here's the spirit of truth. And then look at this phrase, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is the third person of the Trinity. He is just as much God as Jesus is. He is the one who has been sent by Jesus to help us. It says there at the last part of verse 17, He dwells with you and will be in you. In verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He's already told them he's about to leave. He's told them over and over, I'm about to be crucified, buried, raised from the dead, and ascending back to heaven. He says, I'll come back to you. This is why he said, yet a little while and the world will not see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also, look at the wording here, you will live. You say, well, I'm already living. Not like I'm talking about. You're not living until you have Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not living until you have been saved by God through the power of the cross. And that's what he's talking about there. You will see me after I've come back from the dead. You will know what it means to be living unlike you ever have before. So in that section, think about this this Holy Spirit that God has given us. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we are in Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. In fact, the Holy Spirit even warns us before we sin. We should be so thankful for Him and thank God for all that He does. Now, if you go back to verse 15... He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, number four on your sheet. If you know Jesus, He will empower you through the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says, you will keep my commandments, you cannot obey Him unless you are in Him. And part of the training, part of the development, part of the the way that we're able to obey Him is the Holy Spirit working within us, teaching us, reminding us, fighting off the the fleshly desires, fighting off the the things of the world. Remember I told you that you have a battle inside. You have the, the spiritual side and the fleshly side, and whichever side wins is the one that you feed the most. If you feed your spirit with the things of the world, then yes, you will do worldly things. But however, if you feed your mind the Word of God, what does it say in Romans chapter 12, verse 2? That we need to be renewed through the Word. The renewing, uh, renewing of our mind is so important. So Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. One of the words that we say continually around here is the word Fruit the proof that you are a child of God. If you love Jesus, you will obey Him. In verse 21, he continues that same kind of thinking. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Look at the question that he's asking here. This is a very valid question. Because in verse 21, Jesus says, Manifest myself to him. Okay, how, Jesus, will you manifest yourself to the believers and not to those who are not believers? How will, you, how will you do it to the church and not to the world? And he answers it in verse 23. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He manifests Himself by making His home within us. That's why I tell you when we pray, we don't have to worry about our prayers reaching heaven. We do, God's inside us. I mean, it's right there. God is not some far-off uh, wonder and having no clue what's going on here. He is right here with us. Emmanuel, God is with you number five on your sheet if you know Jesus you'll obey him if you know him you will obey him and that's what's going on here Jesus is saying if you know me you'll know that I'm the father if you know me you'll know that I am this and this and this and you will obey me in Luke six forty six. Jesus asked, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Let that sink in a minute. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? In 1 John, which by the way is a great book to read when asking yourself, am I really a Christian? In 1 John chapter 5 verse 2, by this we know that we love the children of God by, uh, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. In other words, when we obey God, it's not because we feel, man, we have to. I sure wish I could do something else. No, we recognize that obedience equals blessings. And His obedience that He calls us to, it always produces more joy, more fruit, more life. And when we think about what you've been through, if it hadn't been for Jesus, what would happen? Right? And everything else that's going on in our congregation, in our community, and in our nation, if it hasn't been for Jesus, where will we be at? In fact, even down in verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is is not the peace that that the world tries to give you through uh, possessions and everything else. This is the peace that only comes from Jesus Christ. So after he said that you will know me and obey me, he has these closing comments. And there's a few phrases here I want to make sure that we grab a hold of. In verse 25, he says, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Listen, when you read your Bible... And I hope that you are. When you read your Bible, don't just skim through there and say, okay, boom, I did it. How about that? But ask God before you read it. Lord, as I read your Bible, teach me. Show me. Help me to understand. Help me to apply what you're showing me today. And the Holy Spirit will give you those words and remind them to you and help you grow. And then, of course, what I just read a few moments ago about the peace in the last part of verse 27. Again, he says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Friends, I'm telling you, we let fear determine too many things in our lives. We're afraid about what might happen financially, what might happen relationally, what might happen in this way or that way, whatever it is. We need to trust God and say, God, I know that you are sovereign. And if it's going to happen, you meant for it to happen. And if it does happen, you've already got the next step planned out as well. verse 28, you heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'll come to you. Look at this wording here now. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. Imagine you are one of the disciples. Think about the tension here. <laughs> you're one of the disciples, and, and you, have, uh, you have left everything to follow Jesus Christ. And now just three years later, he says, I'm leaving you. I'm going back to the Father. Now, from an outside point, we're thinking, what better place can you be than with the Father? But they were thinking, wait, 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 wait. We left everything to follow you. Now you're leaving us. We don't want you to leave us. And we're the same way with our loved ones, right? We don't want them to leave us. But if they are Christians... And they're going to a better place. Why do we want to keep them from going to a better place? Amen. Why do we want to keep them from experiencing the very thing we've all supposed to have been working for to begin with? And by the way, you're not going to heaven because of your works, but our works are the fruit of our saved lives. And we're supposed to be showing people, I'm going to heaven because God has saved me, and I'm, I'm longing for that. Or at least we should be. He says, if you really loved me, you would have rejoiced that I was going back to the Father. In verse 29, I've told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. This is another one of those that Jesus said at that time. Just like one of you will betray me, one of you will deny me. This is happening, this is happening. And it happened exactly like Jesus said. He says, look, I'm showing you this so that when it happens, you'll believe I told you, and you'll believe that I'm right. no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming he has no claim on me by the way let me emphasize this right here that phrase no claim on me says the devil has absolutely no power over the son of God but I do as the father's commandment commanded me and look at the last part of verse 31 so that the world may know that I love the father I am obeying God, my Father, for what reason? He says, so that the world may know that I love my Father. Yes, they arrested Jesus. Yes, they beat Him. And yes, they crucified Him. But He, well, He also gave Himself... unlike the normal response that you would have and I would have to try to run from that, to hide from that, he gave himself. Remember the passage after the Lord's Supper, they went out. He said, the time has come. And he went and prayed and he came back and told Peter, James, and John, can you not keep watch? The time is is here. And he went and prayed and he came back and they were sleeping. He came back again and he says, It's time. And Judas showed up. And everything happened exactly the way that God wanted it to happen. Jesus made himself available. So that the world may know that He loves the Father. I wonder if that can be said about you and me this morning. That everything that we do is done in such a way that the world may know that we love the Father. Before we sing this last song, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the many ways that you've shown us your power. Help us, Lord, to, to show by our works that we do know you and that we love you and that we trust you. And Father, again, I thank you for everyone that's here, inside, outside, as we gather and worship you together. Help us, Lord, to to grow and to be ready to serve you more than ever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing our closing song. This.